Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless.
Good evening, Maranatha. Merry Christmas to uh, each one of you. Special welcome in uh, Jesus' name. It's so good to see uh, so many of you, family and friends of some of our Maranatha members. Uh, it's uh, just good to have each one of you uh, with us tonight. Uh, so again, uh, Merry Christmas in Jesus' name. Um, I won't be calling on individuals to read the scripture or calling the next song. We're just going to let the service flow this evening, okay? So if you're reading scripture, uh, just be sure to come up during that last uh, refrain or that last verse um, of the song and be ready to read your scripture, and then uh, we can do that and we'll, uh, we'll go like that uh, this evening. Um, and, and traditionally here at Maranatha, we do stand for our scripture readings, but because there are quite a few of them, and that'd be a lot of ups and downs, we'll just ask you to remain standing, uh, or I'm sorry, remain seated <laughs> this evening. We won't make you stand through the whole thing. That would be quite a lot. Um, yeah, so remain, uh, remain uh, uh, seated for the scripture readings there. Um, our offering this evening, we are taking an offering, and it will be divided. Uh, half of it will go to the AFLC Youth Ministries, and half of it will go to the New Life Center, and that'll be uh, during the service. And um, if you are if you are going to be making a, a year-end gift to Maranatha, uh, please mark it as such. Otherwise, it'll be designated for the youth ministries of the AFLC and the New Life Center. So with that, I will call on the uh, Trick family for the lighting of the Christ candle this evening. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. In him was life, and life was the light of man. The light shone in the darkness, and the darkness was not, has not overcome it. The true light gives light to everyone. Who's coming into the world was in the world. And the world was made through him, yet the world was, did not know him. He came to, the, to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But all who did receive him, who believed in him, he gave the light, right to become children of God, who were born not of the blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ.
On this holy and joyous evening, we light only one candle of our Advent wreath. We light the center candle, the Christ candle, acknowledging that he alone is our hope, our peace, our joy, and our love. Join as we pray. Gracious and mighty King, we celebrate your goodness to us as we join the triumph and joy of Christmas. As your love has been revealed in all of its fullness, we pray that love may abound in our hearts during this special day. Grant us the spirit of Christ that we may live in the fullness of his character every day. In his name we pray. Amen. Matthew 1, 18-21 This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. next reading will be from Luke chapter 2, and if you'd like to follow along in the Pew Bible, it's on page 805. The next three readings will be from Luke 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. 
And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was, in a house of, he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and lied him in a manger, because this there was no place for the, them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be great. They will, that will be before all the people today in the town of David. The Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws, clothes, and, and, lying, and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great coming of the heavenly host appeared with the angel and praising and God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests.
And it came about when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see the thing which has happened which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lie in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who had heard it wondered at the things which, which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as they had been told. Do you ask the congregation to please rise as we sing, What Child Is This? seated. Again, this evening we are taking an offering, and this offering will be divided between uh, the AFLC Youth Ministries and the New Life Center. So I'd ask the ushers to come forward and receive the tithes and offerings.
Would you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to be born a baby, live a sinless, perfect life, die in the cross, on the cross for us in our place and on our behalf. Lord, we pray that you would again take these gifts and multiply them so that the work of uh, the New Life Center and AFLC Youth Ministries may continue. So in Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. We'll be uh, blessed with uh, some Quanbecks who'll be uh, singing <laughs> this morning or this morning, this evening for us as well. Great to have each of you here. Welcome to many that uh, are here with uh, family or extended family or just dropped in for our service. It's sure good to have you here and, and uh, we'd love to have you here every Sunday. Um, you're welcome to come. By the way, didn't make any announcements today, but uh, we do have a service here at, at 930 this coming Sunday. If you're around, please uh, feel free to join us. 
Christmas greetings to uh, each of you and your family from, from our family. It's good to have families together during this time. I read tonight from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. And parts of what I read will sound a bit like we're hearing some of the evening news these days, as Isaiah talks of darkness and gloom covering the earth. Thankfully, Isaiah doesn't leave us in the gloom. He talks of a light and a hope that has come. I invite you to stand in reverence to God's word as I read. First of all, from Isaiah chapter 9, first couple of verses there. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt, but later on, he will make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. Then toward the end of the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, the first three verses, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. And then this, in the Gospel of John, then Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Let us pray. Oh Lord God, we thank you for the light that has come into this world. We pray that you would open our hearts and our minds, that, that we would see afresh your awesome plan of providing a Savior in Jesus Christ. And Lord, that each one of us uh, would recognize that he came for us. Uh, we pray in, in his name. Amen. Please be seated. During this Advent uh, season here at Maranatha, we've been focusing on uh, the four servant songs in the Old Testament book of Isaiah. And all four sections were recorded by Isaiah hundreds of years before Jesus Christ came on the scene. And still they point to the, an extraordinary servant of the Lord God, a servant that would come along in the future, a servant like no other ever. And only Jesus Christ fits those descriptions. And that is also true regarding the various Old Testament references that we have, like ones that I just read here, of God sending a great light. Isaiah spoke of a world in deep darkness and gloom. That, that word gloom is such an interesting word, isn't it? Uh, di dictionary description is partial or total darkness, dimness, and also an atmosphere of melancholy or depression. Is that not an apt description of a mood that seems to be permeating much of our land these days? But let's take a step back here. J just what were the conditions uh, of Israel and Judah that caused Isaiah the prophet to use that word gloom? Well, Israel and Judah were nations that were both in deep decline. There was a sense of gloom over both lands. Judah had been attacked by enemy nations and, and even by some of their own relatives to the north in the land of Israel. And there were significant casualties and there was devastation. But not long after that, then, this powerful nation of Assyria came from the north and moved in on Israel 
and destroyed their capital city of Samaria and took thousands of Israelites captive and then moved the Syrians into the land. The nation of, the, of Judah was to the south of that. And they lived in fear of when Assyria would invade them too. And while they lived in fear, their economy was in shambles and food in short supply. And Isaiah the prophet was predicting the judgment of God on Judah too. And it was in that setting then that Isaiah described something in the chapter right before this, in chapter 8, and he said it was this way. Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged, and, and, and looking upward will curse their king and their God. And then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into outer darkness. That was right before what we read now. What a marked contrast there is here then in, in chapter 9, where he says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. The people walking in darkness will see a great light. And those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. I'm getting ahead of my outline there for a second, though. Let's stop and think. What, what are the conditions in our land and in the world today that, that fit this description of darkness and gloom? Are we possibly also a nation in decline? Political polarization on many issues is causing a stalemate in the halls of Congress. Some of those issues are being taken all the way to the Supreme Court. Various factors are leading to runaway inflation, gaps in the supply chain, and occasional shortages in the stores. And it's not nearly as bad as what Judah was facing, but it certainly could get worse. I'm glad our president isn't a prophet, but he's forecasting a winter of severe illness and death as Omicron version of COVID spreads across the land. And this sense of gloom doesn't seem to be limited to the United States. Most of the world seems in kind of a panic mode regarding the ongoing pandemic and things like climate change. But to me, the really sad thing is that we actually have far worse problems than Omicron or climate change, and we don't even seem to know it. A high percentage of the world's population does not even know their creator or care that he has spoken to them. And they are in, instead bent on trying to come up with their own solutions rather than dealing with the root of it all. And according to the Bible, the real cause of darkness and gloom in the world is that all of mankind has fallen into sin and rebellion against their creator God. And it tells us that ever since Adam and Eve distrusted God's word and decided to do as they pleased instead, all of mankind has been by nature sinful and in rebellion against God and unable to change that on their own. And that, sadly, is our gloomy situation. However, God in his love for mankind, whom he created to be the crown of his creation, promised even back then to Adam and Eve that he would step into the picture and, and act on their behalf. And he had a plan. And throughout the pages then of the Old Testament, it gradually is unfolded as various prophets then spoke from God and revealed God's rescue plan. And, and so we see some of that here in the pages of the book of Isaiah the prophet as he talks of a great light that is promised to a world in darkness. People who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. And, and there is a hint 
in the verses surrounding that then of just where this light would show itself into the world. He talks of in the past how he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but later would honor it, making it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Now where is this land of Zebulun and Naphtali? Well, they were two of the northernmost tribes of Israel. The first two of those 12 tribes of Israel that God brought judgment upon by allowing them to fall into enemy hands. And he humbled them in that way. But what else do we know about that area that was called Zebulun and Naphtali? Well, it, it is the area around where the cities of Nazareth and Cana and the Sea of Galilee are. Do any of those names sound familiar to some of you? What do we know that happened there years later? That is the area where Jesus Christ would later grow up and minister. Nazareth is where he grew up. Cana is where he performed his first miracle. Near the Sea of Galilee is where he did so much of his earthly ministry. And Gene and I had the privilege of visiting that area about four years ago, and it is fascinating to think of God's plan to use that area to spread light to the world. Isaiah, as he spoke here, what was predicting then the glorious coming of Jesus Christ, a light that would come through the gloom into that land of Zebulun and Naphtali by the Sea of Galilee. And in each of the three servant songs that we looked at during Advent season this year, Isaiah has alluded to this light that God would send. God promised a great light to the world in darkness of sin. And what we see toward the end of Isaiah then is this statement, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The light has come into the world of darkness. Isaiah says that here. And on one hand, you might think, well, yeah, but Isaiah was writing hundreds of years before he came. He hadn't come yet. But you see, in the mind of Isaiah, what God promised was as good as done because he always keeps his promises. And when we get to the New Testament then, at least 400 years later, this theme of light continues, and various voices then speak of it and identify it. For instance, when Jesus, as a little baby, was brought there into the temple to be blessed, um, there was Simeon who held that little baby in his arms and who said, This is a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of the people Israel. And he was quoting Isaiah 9 and saying, now it's come about. Jesus' disciple, John, testifies that he saw and he touched this one who is the light from heaven. And in chapter 1 of this of John, uh, he spells it out, details that were already read um, earlier today. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. That's John the Baptist. And he came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him he was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. And there was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe on his name. 
You see, the disciple John was absolutely convinced that Jesus was that light that the prophets had testified would come. And Jesus himself affirms that, that he truly is that light. John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 9, 5, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. John 12, 46, I came as a light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in the darkness. What was John and what was Jesus saying here about himself? That, that Jesus truly is that light that God had promised and that each of us then have a choice when we are confronted by his words. We can ignore him and continue in darkness or we can receive him. And the Bible is clear that the great light that God has promised has come. But though that light has come, and though that light has since spread really throughout the world, yet today much of the world has still not seen or come to the light. They have not believed in and received Jesus. So why? Why would anyone not believe in and receive him? Well, it is because he is the light. And what does light do? It exposes things that are in darkness. And that's a good thing if you want to see what's in the darkness. But if you didn't want something exposed, then it's a different story. This great light that God sent was the sinless Son of God, and, and as such, he exposes for each of us our sin and our disobedience. And he brings conviction then of sin. And when he does, then we have to decide either to run to the light or to run from it. And if we will come to the light, he promises that for all who will do so, through his sacrificial death on the cross, there is forgiveness of all of our sins and there is a restoration to our relationship with God, our creator, and not only that, but, but we then can live in a daily relationship with Jesus and he helps us then to live in light of God's word and to resist temptation and to weather the trials of this life and, and to have a confidence that when our time comes to leave this earth, He's prepared for us a place in heaven with him. So why has much of the world not yet seen the light that God has sent? One possibility is that they're too busy. Too busy with earthly things that distract them from dealing with the deepest needs of human hearts. And they're unaware the light has come. Another possibility is that they don't think they need the light. Life at this point seems to be going just fine without him. And their need for forgiveness of sin doesn't yet seem to be on their radar. Another possibility is they don't want to deal with the light. Because they're doing things that they would rather not have exposed by the light. And they want to keep doing them. There is another possibility that comes to my mind though and that is this. that The possibility that there is something that is keeping the light from getting through to them. Have you ever been driving your car down the road in the dark and, and, and wondered to yourself, are, are my headlights really even on? Um, they, they just don't seem to be bright, shining bright enough to really illumine the road in front of me. Just this morning that happened to me, and, and I had to get out and check and see, do I have a headlight burnt out or something? They weren't. They were all shining, but they were dirty. And, and the light was shining, but it wasn't getting through. 
I had to take care of that issue today. I, I washed my headlights. It's the only part of my car that looks clean, but that I just clean. And now the light is getting through. Well, God sent his light into this world over 2,000 years ago. So how will that light get through to folks in this present age? Well, as we look in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells us this, that we who have the light are also to be the light. And Jesus says to his church, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. God's desire is that we who have the light hold it up and shine it brightly for people around us so that we would boldly then point others to Jesus, the light of the world. Perhaps today then Isaiah's words are, are both a reminder and also a challenge to all followers of Jesus Christ as we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Arise, shine, for your light has come. But before I close, there's, there's one other more fa fascinating thing here about this light that is revealed in the scriptures. And that is this, that, that one day, the darkness will be completely dispelled and, and we will live in this light. In, in the last chapters of the book of Isaiah, he speaks, of the, he speaks to the people of Jerusalem about a day in the future when all will be well with Jerusalem again. And he says this, Violence will not be heard again in your land, nor devastation or destruction within your borders, but you will call your walls salvation and your gates praise, and no longer will you have the sun for light by day, nor will the moon give you light for brightness, but you will have the Lord as an everlasting light, and your God as your glory. Your sun will no longer set, nor will your moon wane, for you will have the Lord as an everlasting light, and the days of your mourning will be over. He is he's speaking about heaven what we sometimes call the new Jerusalem. Isaiah declared that, and when you get to the end of our Bible, in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, it confirms that as well. And there are talks of a place where all believers in Jesus Christ will live free at last of all sin and sickness and suffering and death in the presence of the Lord God, in the, in the presence of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. There it says, And the city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb, that is Jesus Christ. And the nations will walk by its light, and the kings of earth will bring their glory into it. Tonight, Christmas Eve, we celebrate that the light has come. And so tonight, the invitation is open. Come to the light. Come just as you are, and let Jesus shine his light on you. Come believing that in him there is forgiveness of all of your sins. There is eternal life for you and for all who will receive it. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord God, for the Bible. For the amazing details you give us that, that reveal your entering into human history in various ways, uh, as, as you use the prophets to, to point to the hope that was yet to come. And then as you show us Jesus Christ, whom you sent to be the light of the world. We thank you that in him there is forgiveness of sin, there is eternal life, there is 
abundant life here on this earth as we live in a relationship with you, restored because of Jesus' death on the cross. Lord, we ask that as we meet together tonight here and as we light candles, uh, it would be a reminder to each of us that your desire is that that light would spread and that we who have that light would spread it to others. And Lord, we pray that you would bless family gatherings as, as they meet tonight and tomorrow. And Lord, may you be the center of our Christmas gatherings and celebration. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, um, I, I believe you all have received candles. Is there anybody that hasn't? I just want to check here beforehand. Just raise up your hand and ushers will make sure you get them. Okay. Uh, then we will be lighting candles. I will have some up here and pass it to the ushers who will then pass to each of the, the rows. Um, it, if uh, you are at the end of the first row, if you would just pass it to the rows to the sides as well and, and then it go on back. Um, Interesting timing. <laughs> just had to check and make sure there wasn't a song I was supposed to do. Uh, we will be singing at this time, though, Silent Night. And so uh, once we get started here, we'll, we'll sing that and I'll have you dim the lights.
Let us together pray our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please extinguish your candles. There will be a basket in the back um, as, as you exit, if you'd leave your candles there, we'd appreciate that. Please stand for the benediction. And again, it's great to have each of you here. We wish you God's blessing as you celebrate Christmas together with your families and friends. Receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We sing together, Joy to the World.